Welcome to the Couple of Movies Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies as a boyfriend and girlfriend couple. We are your hosts, Robbie. And Maggie. See, I'm trying to change up the beginning. Just yeah. try to find a thing that works because I didn't like the other thing. Can you hear my air conditioner, by the way? I cannot hear the air conditioner. Okay, good. Um, I like the other thing. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we watched a movie, Snowpiercer. Yeah. Which we, I think we watched, like, last year, originally? Yeah, we watched it when it was still on streaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, I mean, it, it, we watched it on streaming this time, too, but whenever it was still, like, pay streaming. Yeah, when it was expensive. Yeah, $5. What? Yeah. Ballin'. Um, so I think we should do this. We should have just a little mini-review at the beginning. Just because this is one of those ones that I feel like you shouldn't spoil it for people. Yeah, if you, this is not an episode you can listen to having never seen Snowpiercer. Right, right. I mean, if you ever want to see Snowpiercer, um, that would be terrible. The long short of it is there's a train, and yeah. and it's carrying the whole of humanity. It's an arc. And Captain America wants to get to the like conductor uh, area of the train. Yeah, because humanity has been stratified into classes based on where you are on the train the uh yeah the extreme poverty is at the caboose yeah extreme wealthy is at the head of the train yeah uh so it's a it's a revolution yeah it's like a yeah it's like a french revolution it's very violent and uh it's also very um allegorical well yeah Heavy on the symbolism and the, uh... Well, it has to be because it's sci-fi. Yeah, but I mean, there's All sci-fi... All of sci-fi is an allegory. There's sci-fi that's not that extreme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so bad it's good sci-fi isn't extreme, but... All the good sci-fi is... I mean, they have sci-fi that likes to, to give lessons, but not like... Not like this. Not like yeah. This. I mean. And it's yeah. awesome. It's a very good movie. You should watch yeah. it. Um, and I think that's as much time as we should dedicate to being spoiler free. Okay. Spoilers <laughs> ahead. Rife with spoilers. Uh, I started it. I started rewatching it yesterday and I just finished it just now. Um, and somewhere. This is dumb. But somewhere I have notes from a short story class and it we went through like the color spectrum and assigned a symbolic meaning to every color. And it wasn't like made up stuff, it's like stuff that reoccurs in right, you know, literature. Right, right. Um and I don't have the foggiest idea where those notes are now because I wanted to look up yellow because of the chubby girl um and I say, like, I'm not saying that in a pejorative sort of way. It's like the first time you see her. No, yeah, she, she's she's very obviously supposed to she's, be. Yeah, she's noticeably a bit doughy. Um, and that's, and, and clean and wearing bright colors. And, and every single thing about her is a contrast to everyone else in the tail of the train. Well, they also, want... they also have her in the same scene as um, the, uh, the, the, african-american lady the black lady yeah um whose name octavia spencer 
Was she? Is that from a Community, or is it just no, a no, lady no. that looks like the lady from Community? You should cut out this racist bit when you it's can't tell black racist. lady from black lady. <laughs> okay, see her um her IMDb page. Yeah. They they have her looking fairly different, but they did something yeah. with maybe her hair or maybe they yeah, made her she, look bigger in Snowpiercer. Um she actually yeah, well she's they, wearing a lot of layers. They did something to her to make her look like uh, um well she has long curly hair in Snowpiercer and that is closer to the style that Shirley wears in Community. Shirley, thank you. I I you're, know you're, literally none of the characters names in Jeez, none. None, okay. none. Anyway. No, I, I know, uh, well, actually, I lie. I know Abed and... Uh, Troy. Senior Chang. Oh, okay. Um, no, they, they did something to her to make her look like 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 um, Shirley usually looks in Community. Like, I think it's... I think it was I think it was the layers and something with the hair. Anyway. Um, the actress that plays Shirley is really funny on Twitter. I recommend following her. Anyway, Octo- Octavia Spencer... Was in the help? Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah. I mean, I recognized it whenever I looked her up on IMDb, where she was like clean. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it looks like a different person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually um. It's odd in that she's recognizable, but she can also disappear into a character. Yeah. Uh, that's normally you get like one or the other. I don't know. Uh, or you get somebody hyper-method, like Christian Bale. Anyway, uh... Yeah, I wish I had those notes. Because I feel like there was a lot of significance that had to do with the uh, the chubby girl in yellow and the her weird placement is like... She's like muscle. She's the enforcer. Well, towards, for towards the head Wilfred. of the train, they had uh, the, the sauna area that was fairly yellow, too. Yeah, that one was... Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so, um, let me, let me see, because, okay, we'd watched this movie forever ago, um, and then, we, and then I think both of us went back and watched it again. Yes. And it is a very different experience when you're watching it the second time. Yeah, when you know what's going on, because I, I saw the trailer on IMDb. And then we watched the movie, which is, like, a very intense experience. And then when it was over, I was just like, well, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> a lot of them. And I don't think I'm going to revisit this anytime soon. Because uh, it was just, I mean, it was bleak, and it's shocking, and it's, I mean, it's an incredibly made film. And then you oh, found yeah. the video last week. Yes. The thesis of which was like the artist is the historian. And that put into words a lot of the feelings that I felt that I could not put into words. I was like, well, I got all these feelings floating around and they don't have names. Uh, but that video is really, really good. And so. Well, I mean, it, it goes it goes beyond that, though. I mean, it, they had, I mean, just. If you watch the movie again, um, yeah, which you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God damn it! I don't even remember. Uh, um, I'm I'm not even gonna try to say his character's name, but the Asian guy, the uh, the the addict. Yeah. Just 
just if you watch it again, watch his interaction with everything. Um, yeah, and it's it's I'm, it it looks like if you're watching it for the first time, um, mm-hmm. the behavior of a drug-addled um, addict who's just yeah. really high the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But the second time, if you watch it, if you just watch him and his interaction with his uh, daughter, I think it was his daughter. Yeah. His interaction with his daughter. Um, mm-hmm. It's a guy who has a plan and who is using everybody with him to fulfill that plan. He has a plan, but uh, it's it's more than that. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that they talked about in that video, which let's definitely link that video onto uh. the Facebook when we upload this, uh, was that, uh, I think they call him Nam. Nam represents the, the educated middle class and how... The front of the train looks at the back of the train, and the back of the train looks at the front of the train, and he is always looking to the side. Yeah. And pointing and teaching his daughter how to look to the side. And so his motives are different than everybody else's because he wants, he doesn't want a revolution that just moves the length of the train. He wants to move out of it. Right. But, um,. What I, th- what I thought of on second viewing is this quote that I saw years and years and years ago. And it was, a like, a cowardly man says, give me peace in my time. A brave man says, give me war in my time so that my children may know peace. Well, and, and right before uh, right before we recorded this, I wanted to rewatch the ending to make sure that I was seeing, that I was remembering it right. Um, but... Um, I feel like we're kind of bouncing all over the place with this too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I felt that the story was a story about how nobody on the train was worthy of the world outside the train, and everything outside the train was basically a clean slate. Okay. And that's that's why Chris Evans and um, what, what what did you say his name? Nam die at the end because Chris Evans right at the end has this look on his face like he's about to to accept the offer of uh, Wilfred and I think he realized that he was always going to be a part of that train and for humanity to have a new start. They needed somebody who hadn't grown up in the system of the train. Well, that kind of goes back to, like, um, that's kind of a Moses thing. I have seen the promised land, but I do not get to live there. And I also think that's why <clears throat> the the writer, directors, yeah. people responsible for making the movie, um, made it snow outside the train. As opposed, as opposed to any other kind of natural disaster, because I mean, it doesn't make any sense for it to just be that snowy outside the train. 
And it's it's a very convoluted excuse they have. It's like they were trying to beat global warming, and oh no, they fucked it up. Well, no, that's that actually makes sense because the cold is the absence of energy and the absence of light uh, and life, and so nothing nothing can thrive in that environment. So, I I mean, that makes sense as something that would destroy humanity. It was an ice age. But I think... It was a manufactured ice age. I think the reason that they used it is because it it let for these nice shots of just a blank slate with nothing out there that the people would have to make on their own. Hmm. I mean, it it makes for great visuals. No, I I I really think the only reason they had it like that was... No, not the only reason. I, I think that it was makes the major sense reason. within the universe. I mean, you need a reason to get everybody on it into a like one stratified life-saving universe or, you know, subworld. You need a reason to make the outside world urgent and un- uninhabitable. Um you're making this in 2013. You say that in 2014, mankind's urgent need to curb global warming makes them freeze everything. It's it's not like a one reason, like oh, this is it. No, the whole thing within the within the logic of the universe, it all makes sense. Uh, I'm I'm trying. No, I'm still here. I'm trying to think of where to go from here. Um, because I wanted to start with the ending, and I was that was the reason that I rewatched the ending. I was like, oh, because Chris Evans had to die. Um, that's yeah. That was why they had Chris Evans like that. Um, Tilda Swinton. Til- Til- How do you yeah. say her last name? Swinton. Swinton. Might might be one of my new favorite actor actresses after that movie too. Really? Yeah. No, that was amazing. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen her. She's, I've seen she's her. In, I've seen her in other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, yeah. Constantine. Constantine. But it was it was something about Snowpiercer. That character was done amazingly well. It was written with John C. Riley in mind. Really? Yeah, and then he couldn't do it. And when they took on Tilda Swinton, they kept all references to Minister Mason <laughs> male. They just left it in there. See, now I'm kind of curious what that would look like with John C. Riley. I don't know. Uh, apparently, I read all the IMDb trivia on this last night. Um, also, when they're going through the nightclub scene... There's a part where one of the the like party people grabs the grabs a bottle of wine or champagne away from the teenager Yona. Uh, the party person is also Tilda Swinton. She's in a completely different costume because <laughs> uh, at that point Ma- the the Mason character's already been killed. And then let's see, the protein blocks were made of seaweed, gelatin, sugar, and something else. Um, and Tilda Swinton actually really liked them. Uh, Jamie Bell thought they were disgusting. 
See, that was... If there was one thing that I didn't understand in the movie, like yeah. everything else had it, because I'm, I'm glad that you bought up the uh, the, the protein blocks. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why they were so angry about the protein blocks. Well, I think... I think because Chris Evans' character, because the Curtis character had lived, he remembered life before the train. He knew what real food was. And spending 18 years, like, imprisoned and crushed under the system, I think he just knew how much better everything else was. And that they had been told for 18 years, you know, you're a shoe, you're a foot, you deserve this. And then to see that they were being fed just the grossest combination of things. Now, to be fair, when we watched it the first time, I was unbelievably relieved to see what was going on. Yeah, because I was expecting, like, babies. Yeah, I really thought they were stealing kids to make those. Uh, I was deeply worried. But even, like, that's that's setting a really low bar for relief. Like, when they're walking through the garden car, and Octavia Spencer's character, um, Tanya, is eating a tomato, that's the first time she's had a tomato in almost 20 years. Yeah. Like, that that would make somebody go insane. See, like, I was expecting it to be the kids that they had kidnapped earlier in, yeah. the, uh, in, the, in the film. I was, too. I was relieved it was Bugs. But it, it still made sense that Curtis would be that angry. Because, I mean, look at where we are right now. You don't... We don't actively put bugs in, like, cat food. I mean, cats will eat a bug of their own volition, <laughs> but we don't make cats eat bugs. Like, they... The lowliest house pet is still treated better than human beings were treated. And also, the only thing keeping them from consuming one another were just jellified blocks of bugs. So, like, I wonder if maybe there was an earlier draft of this where it was people. No, that's just the movie Soylent Green. Spoilers. And, and that's that's the other. Later. That's the other thing. Um... I mean, the cannibalism element is already in the story. Yeah, like so they didn't need it. They. They, 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 the, the the background to the people that were in the the end of the train was that at one point they were eating people. Yeah. And you would think anything would be sort of a step up from that. Um, but yeah, it's a step up from eating people. But the thing is, the the front of the train, the law enforcers of the front of the train spend eight. 18 years telling people that they should be, like, thanking their lucky stars that they've been given such mercy and such kindness to be 
in the worst place of this divine plan, and they're being fed vermin. Okay, yeah. When you when you say it like that, I don't know what made it click a little bit, but it, it was something about, yeah, okay. So basically what you're saying is that um, that was at the point that it started to click that these people are treating them like less than vermin, like the thing that yeah. eats vermin. Yeah. And yeah. telling them that yeah. they should be happy and thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Thankful. Yeah. Thankful to be part of the divine plan. To be on the divine train designed by the divine creator, Wilford. I guess, I guess it also brings the question, like, what were they feeding the cockroaches? Because they had to be feeding the cockroaches something. I... Maybe maybe it was to say like they were literally eating the trash of the other people on the train. Probably. I mean, they had the whole ecosystem worked out really meticulously. So there has to be a recycling car and there were probably I would guess that the insect population would go between like a recycling car and the gardening car? I don't think we're supposed to think this deeply into it. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so try to, uh, I, I googled, um, why were they angry at the also, protein blocks? And uh-huh. one of the articles that popped up. Um, Snow, I'm, ju- I'm just going to read the, the title. I might not even fucking keep this in the final thing. Just read the title. <laughs> Snowpiercer, a train ride through the horrors of liberal extremism. <laughs> oh my god, what website is that on? Uh, MRC.org. MRC.org? What the crap is that? Conservative, some conservative website. Oh my god, like an Ayn Rand libertarian found me on Twitter earlier and just would not leave me. But at the same time, I think it's one of the blue, the beautiful things about this movie and that um, you and I could see it and we could say, like, this is the horrors of capitalism taken to a ex- absurd extreme. Well, it's the capitalism religion. It's not even, it's not even like, regular capitalism. It's, uh... It's, I mean... It's more like the the prosperity gospel that like from like Creflo Dollar that type of thing. Uh, how last week tonight did uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Exemptions? It's that kind of thing because they keep stressing like the system is divine, the system is sacred, and it's this idea that like. Uh, you, your place is ordained. It's it's this emphasis on being uh, religious and immutable. Right, right. Yeah. So it's not even like the natural order of things. It's the supernatural order of things. It's it's super creepy. It's an order of things as dictated by people who have everything to gain by them being yeah at the top it's yeah. humanity yeah. made into a pyramid scheme yeah yeah 
it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I should have taken notes for this movie almost, man. Because, like... I was... There was... Uh, everything about it from start to end feels like it, it was it was very meticulously placed. Oh, it's it's entirely meticulously placed. Uh, all the things. All of them. Um... One of, one of the lines that I did not remember from the first time we watched it, but I found it in the quotes on IMDb after she said it, was um, before the fight in the tunnel, Mason says to Curtis, uh, you friend, or, it's like burdened with the optimism of the doomed. It was an incredible line. And I... I would love... I'm almost curious how anybody could see this. Hey. Nah. Um, I'm almost curious how anybody could see this as, like, extreme liberalism. <laughs> no, I'm not... I have no question that someone could read that into it. I, By all means. Um, well, and I mean, for all I know, the article I pulled up was like, this movie is terrible because it's showing the, the bad parts of capitalism without showing the good parts of capitalism. <laughs> Yeah, this is like... <laughs> I only read the headline. This is the sci-fi rendition of what happens when you try and play Monopoly over the holidays with your family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, there's so many things. Like, the... The people in the tail of the train are told that they should be thankful that they were admitted at all. Yeah, like, yeah. You could be dead. Yeah. And the middle class kids with the, the teacher are just completely indoctrinated to hate... The uh, lower class. Trail, uh, tail riders, yeah. Because they're just the worst, and they drink their own feces, and this, that, and the other, and they're lazy. They're, every scene is commentary on humanity. It, I think that's why it's so daunting. You're just like, oh, it's rough. I think maybe the scariest part is it, of it is that the lesson at the end of the movie is that, yeah, even if you realize that all that is a thing... You're not good enough to live into the world live in the world outside of it. Like I mean, yeah, it's pretty bleak. I'm like watching that pretty much everybody on that train died. Well, the Spoiler. you only see the two kids at the end. I mean, there might have been more people that lived. But I don't think I don't think it matters yeah. um because the reason that you see the two kids, I mean, it was very obviously Adam and Eve. It, yeah. They were more of a symbol of everyone stepping off of the train, and humanity's not on the train anymore than anything else. I mean, they didn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, come on, it's it's heavy. The whole thing's heavy. Yeah. Just a lot of feelings. 
<laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at that. Uh, man. The, uh... There's something on the second half. Oh! What I didn't... What I didn't notice the first time... But I did see it the second time. Uh, Gilliam... Gilliam tells Curtis that when he gets to the front of the train, he shouldn't let Wilford talk. He should cut Wilford's tongue out. And... I mean, when you find out that Wilford and Gilliam had been in this, like, team together, you realize that, like, Gilliam was trying to save his own ass. Or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things... It might be the knowledge of the system and the loss of that hero, which is why Curtis almost looks like he's ready to accept being at the front of the train and continuing the system. And if he hadn't, if Gilliam hadn't been taken from him as a hero, if he didn't have that knowledge of good and evil, Again, with the, the Garden of Eden imagery. Maybe he would have been worthy of the new world. He's saying that the reason that... Oh! Oh! You just blew my mind. <laughs> You're saying that Wilfred was the snake in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And... If Curtis had cut... A, if Curtis had been able... Because the reason... The reason Wilfred got to monologue so That was why was they had a the, breadfruit the that they ate when they were going through the garden. It was supposed to look like yeah. an apple. <laughs> um, if, if the yellow girl... If the girl in yellow hadn't been there with a gun, Wil, uh, Wilfred might not have been able to monologue for as long as he did and reveal that Gilliam had been in on the thing. And if... Curtis had never known that Gilliam wasn't the hero he thought he was. Curtis might have been worthy of the new world. But that's robbed from us, and it wasn't through fault of Curtis. He physically couldn't cut dude off. Without getting shot by the girl in yellow. Does she have a name? Uh, Claude? Yes, Claude. And she's so cute out of character. Like, doesn't look like the very embodiment of evil at all. But in character, I was just like, I hope she dies in a fire. She's <laughs> awful. And she's Scandinavian. I really like Scandinavians. They seem like cool people. But in this, I'm like, no, I hope she dies. I do like um, how the movie was... It was it was a movie of... Uh, the, the two things that I appreciated whenever I was watching the movie is hang time. It was a movie of uh, Show, Don't Tell. And it was... Yeah. And it was a movie so of it gets better the second time around that you watch it. Um, Definitely. Because I had a place that I was going with this. Um, just I, I can't get over the, the difference that I had between the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it. Like, because the first time you watch it, do you almost watch it? There's just we too almost watch much it from to the take in. Of Curtis, um, someone who is figuring all this shit out 
as the movie's going. Um, yeah. This. I mean, that's really what's happening. The happens. second time you watch it, really, you're basically watching it from the perspective of Nam. Yeah. I don't... No, if, you, if you watch it again, I mean, just pay attention to his character as the movie's going along. Um. Oh, yeah, the character's really good. But I wasn't... It, I don't identify with characters based on what information is being shown. I like I watch a I watch a movie the first time for the story and the second time to pull it apart. Okay. But uh, yeah. First time I'm just like, woo, long for the ride, let's do this. Second time I'm like, alright. Yeah, and if you if you watch it, paying attention more to uh, the way that Nam is interacting with the environment, um, yeah. and his character, like what his character is doing, it's just a very different mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, you you kind of notice your okay. own prejudices that you had the first time you were watching it, and and it was and how purposefully it was set up for you to to develop those prejudices, and I think it was really genius because um, you have all these ideas about the drug addict guy. In the movie, and you think you know what his um, motivations are, and then you get to the end, and you're like, "Oh shit, I was wrong." And whenever you're watching it again, you realize everything that you were thinking basically is the same stuff that the little kids say in the classroom. Like the movie calls you out, and it calls you out in a really subtle way. Oh well, no, I maybe did not, not agree way, with the kids in the classroom. I, I I noticed, I am, I mean, and maybe it's just me, I, I noticed that, or I felt like he was trying to make, or he very purposefully made Nam look like a drug addict if you've never seen the movie before. Well, I mean, he's supposed to be like yeah, a drug he, addict. He is, he he is a drug like addict. He doesn't look like if you watch it the second time. Yeah. If you watch it yeah. knowing what he's going to do. Well, I, my opinion, what I gleaned about Nam the second time wasn't changed by paying attention to him as not only a drug addict. It was, I was seeing it through the lens of the, the artist is the historian video in that he's preparing his daughter, um, he, he's trying to teach her and lead her so that she knows how to live right. outside the train. But the first time I watched it, that was not the impression I got from him. It's been it's been long enough since we watched it the first time that I I remember very little. Uh, I remember more about the daughter than the father. Uh, like I didn't remember that. Uh, like I remember that they were father and daughter, but I'd forgotten the many instances of violence when the father tries to uh, keep Yona from actually yeah. committing violence. Uh, which that's an interesting yeah, sort of, and it's it's really obvious um, in the the sauna. Yeah, it, the sauna, yeah, 
definitely a sauna. And again, at the end of the train, when all the party ravers show up for a riot for whatever reason. he stole reason. all their drugs. Uh, oh, whenever, whenever he's yeah. walking through the party rave scene, he's just grabbing all of yeah, the, uh, the drugs that he can that are explosives. Yeah. Yes. Because they're industrial waste, which means that everybody's getting high off their ass on, like, methane pellets. I don't know. That's crazy. But, um, that's a good point. There's a lot of, there's a lot of religious undertones and the idea that the father would take a life to keep the daughter from, um, committing violence. And all the Garden of Eden stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't pick up on sure. the Garden of Eden stuff the first time I watched it at all. Which makes me sad. Well, I wasn't thinking of the daughter and the little kid as, like, Adam and Eve until you said it. But, um... The idea that the, the, the outside world is the promised land and Curtis can't go, that made him Moses. Uh, so then you, you get all the... all the Bible stuff all at once. Um... What was the other thing I was about to say? I was about to say something. Feelings. No, I had something. Um, was it about Nam? Yes, it was about him. Um. You know what else I thought was interesting whenever I was rewatching it? The train Hmm. wasn't destroyed by the explosives. The explosives just started an avalanche. I that was right. interesting. I didn't I didn't notice that the first time I was watching. Or the first two times I was watching. Um Damn it, what did I want to say about Nam? Protecting his I, I feel like you should be taking notes sometimes, man. I meant to take notes during this movie. We're not even drunk. No, and, what and was I'm it? trying to um It had something to do with uh Oh, and the other thing that I had noticed, and I noticed this um, whenever I was watching the second time, he, I, the first time I watched it, I thought he had just grabbed a jacket just cause, mm-hmm. and the second time I watched it, I realized, mm-hmm. oh, he grabbed the jacket because he knows he's about to be outside. Um. Yeah. Damn it! I'm gonna feel stupid later. Um. Uh, <laughs> do you hate it when that happens? Like I had a point to make about the character. I do. That happens to me all the time. It's just going to be ten minutes and I have to cut out. Where it's just like me, like, I don't remember anything. And I'm going to remember it later, and I'm going to hate myself for it. And I'll be like, that was the thing! I will say this. If if I had any critique of this movie, mm-hmm. I feel like it may mm-hmm. have tried a little too hard to be... A thing with, like, a moral lesson in it? I think it was always going to be that way, though. I know. And like, that's the story they sought to tell. And it's not that I don't like allegory or anything like that. It's just, like, I feel like sometimes it needs to be a little bit more subtle. Because it can take you out of the movie. It didn't take me out of the movie the first time, but the second time I went in yeah, to yeah. pull it apart. 
So I mean, it's and it's not even that's it's it's a small gripe. Um, I think if there had been grave missteps, then that would have taken me out of the allegory. To been like, this is what they were going for, but they totally screwed the pooch by doing this. No, I mean, like, if there had been grave missteps. I do get very sensitive about who dies on screen. Uh, And I remember watching it originally and just thinking, like, man, all these tailenders and, you know, it's the white guy that makes it to the front. But in the grand scheme of things, the the two survivors to bring humanity back into the world is a black boy and an Asian girl, so I really can't say that. <sighs> it's such a good movie, though. Yeah. I wonder what there is to be said for the fact that uh, it takes a white dude to take down another white dude. Because that was kind of the story. I don't, even know. I don't even think they did that on purpose. I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, at I mean, the same time, he Chris Evans died at the end because he wasn't good enough for the, the world outside the train. Yeah, but I think he knew that. And that's... He, he dies, but he dies fulfilled, having uh, accomplished the level of self-sacrifice that haunted him. Because the thing he says in the movie more than once is that he can't be a true leader with both of his yeah, arms. Yeah, because he wasn't willing to give himself for uh, uh, even for other tried. people. Yeah, but then at the end, he fulfills that part of his destiny. So I mean, he dies. But oh no! If you if you watch it, he has this look like on his face, f- like uh, he he sacrifices himself for the the two kids, and he has this yeah. look on his face where he's like, oh. I have to do this. I mean, this is this is my moment where it's like him and, and Nam like basically use their bodies to shield the two kids, um, yeah. and and Wolf yeah. gets off on his own, dying alone. Which is good because he was a bastard. So, I feel like this might be a short episode, yeah. but I think we should call it here um, because I think yeah, we could probably sit here picking apart this movie for another four hours. Yeah, oh, that's it's, why it's so meticulous, is so that you can just... It's, it's there's amazing. always more. Snowpiercer. Oh, so heavy. Snowpiercer. I wonder if anybody is afraid of trains now, the way other people are afraid mm. of, like, airplanes. Maybe it's like yeah. a magical train. It is a magical train. I really like trains. I don't want to be trapped on a train 16 for years. the future of humanity. 18 years. Yeah. Whew. Till next time, we are your hosts, Robbie. And find us on and Facebook, uh, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and iTunes. And yeah. we. And interact yeah, with us that'd be so cool. that we know you're there. And uh, we are a couple movies. <laughs>